Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View. I'm Clarissa Montero. Good company as usual with JP Ong, who does not have product in his hair today. <laughs> I know That's this. a one day only, Clarissa. Is that a one day only? <laughs> That's a, that was a special occasion. <laughs> All right. Okay. So today I'm looking at, at what was the early markets. It's a bit of a mixed bag, a little up, a little down, a little... Yeah, you know. Not- uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for to describe markets here in Singapore? At least a bit lackluster mm-hmm. and a bit like it's losing uh, and losing bluster for some reason. And uh, especially- well, I have an idea. Everybody was watching Tiger Woods win his 15th yesterday. You know, that is very plausible, actually. (laughs) Uh, Tiger Woods, the third greatest golfer of all time, being Jack Nicholas and Shooter McGavin of Happy Happy Gilmore. But, uh, you know, and it's possible. I can't believe you slipped that one in there. Of course. I mean, Shooter, you know, (laughs) he's the winner of the gold jacket. Anyway, before we digress into more inanity, um, when you compare how markets here are doing against the rest of Asia at the moment, um, not as uh, rambunctious, you're actually seeing markets say in, the, in Japan, the Nikkei 225, the Shanghai editions and Bors over in the mainland, they're both up by more than 1%. And the Nikkei 225, for one, gaining by about 1.4%. And when you look at how strongly most of these major markets are doing, it does make you wonder why the Straits Times Index is a bit more sheepish. It's a bit more... Uh, um, it, it, it's not as... Uh, it's not as confident, it seems, so far today. But keep in mind that the Straits Times Index, compared to most other ma- major Asian markets, they've been up for two straight weeks. They had that very strong start to the month of April. And as Jeff Howey of, uh, of, of the SGX told us just last week, they were one of the better performing major markets in the Asian region, outperforming the likes of, say, the mainland, mainland Chinese markets, Japanese markets. So it also might be just this case of uh, local investors just taking a bit of a breather and saying, you know what, uh, while we let the rest of Asia run, we're going to try to find some stability. The good news is, though, is that after spending most of this morning in the red, where we are seeing some gains, very slight gains, that is, for the benchmark uh, Straits Times Index. They're actually up by about one point so far, and they're trading about 3,333 points. When you look at who the big movers are, there's been a lot of interest actually in recent times in Singtel. They are the most uh, they are the he- most heavily traded stock. They're beating out uh, DBS by just a million Singapore dollars in total value turnover today. Singtel up by about close to 1%. DBS up by about 0.4% so far, $27.08 a piece. You look down the line, um, OCBC is down by 0.6%. So a bit of a mixed bag when you look at how the banks are doing so far. But overall, I mean, you're seeing that the, it's it's not a bad day for the SGX. It's not a bad day for the Straits Times Index, but it's definitely a flat day. And maybe people also taking stock of those advanced first quarter GDP figures that did come in a bit lower than estimated. 1.3%. Remember, keep in mind that the government was foreshadowing that we would see growth of between of between a one and a half to three and a half percent, so mm-hmm. we're 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 beneath that ban, and we've got three quarters to catch up. But it does it it does raise the question: What's it going to take for us to get back into those bands? Are we going to see a turnaround later on? And all of these really just making people perhaps are making or just a it's it's very it's imaginable to see that some traders might be a bit more uh, cautious so far today as they digest all these questions. And keep in mind, there's also earnings season in the U.S., a lot of the banks starting to report. So perhaps people just keeping their their, uh, power, refraining from pulling the trigger so far today. Value turnover also relatively thin when you look across across the SGX, less than about 417 million Singapore dollars in total value turnover so far. Do you think it has anything to do with the fact it's actually a short trading week? It's also possible that that's the case. I mean, you 
usually, but when we see when we lead up to uh, to shorter trading weeks, we start to see investors. Yeah, uh, inve- uh, we start to see traders just to hold off a touch. I mean, maybe some of them also perhaps planning vacations down mm-hmm. the road, and they are mm-hmm. uh, holding off. What I would look out for actually in a shorter trading week isn't the week leading up to the long holidays or the long weekends. It's usually the day after because usually you see investors or traders who do come back, either they're refreshed or they're trying to make up for lost time. They start to come back into the markets and they just are, are just a little bit more active on that day. So I would actually watch out for the Monday uh, next after, week. next week actually to see how markets are doing. But again, that is actually very plausible. You're right there, Clarissa. Okay, well, SD Engineering in the news today. That is true, SD Engineering. And we want to check in on how their, uh, how their share price is doing so far today. We did report about how the likes of Singtel and the others are doing. Um, SC Engineering up by about half a percent as we uh, head deeper into the second half of this Monday. And it seems that they have gotten the thumbs up from uh, from the U.S. government to acquire a, uh, a, a, a former unit of General Electric. So GE is trying to spin off or trying to sell off one of uh, it, a, a subsidiary called Vision Technologies Aerospace. And it seems that uh, ST Engineering is the interested buyer. So they, of course, when you have some of these uh, critical industries that are seen as vital to, say, U.S. national security, perhaps mm-hmm. with regards to uh, intellectual property as well, they do need to go through some regulatory hurdles or jump some regulatory hurdles in the U.S. But it, it seems that ST Engineering is happy to report that they have been given the thumbs up and have been greenlit by the U.S. government to buy this company that's based out in Maryland. And uh, this particular uh, group actually develops engine nacelle systems. And and also looking at, at it, they're going to be spending about $630 million U.S. million to acquire them. So SC Engineering really beefing up their portfolio so far. And markets seem to be liking it. They're up by about half a percent. Half a percent. And MRA Systems, which is part of the deal also, they hold single-source contracts for both mature and next-generation programs, including engines for Airbus's A320neo. It's the aircraft model that uh, Airbus is trying to make, uh, which they were trying to uh, position to go head-to-head with Boeing's uh, 737 MAX planes. Well, we know what's happened Mm, in that particular mm, battle. mm. So... You know, if if we start to see the Air A320 Neo gain even more market share as compared to the 737 Max, this could be actually good for this particular subsidiary that SD Engineering is acquiring also. I'm actually wondering how uh, Boeing shares are doing right now. Well, if you know, Boeing shares at the moment, <laughs> you, know, well, you know, the very interesting thing is there was a there was an article actually in the Business Insider that we talked about a few a few weeks ago mm-hmm. about how Boeing shares oh, at at the end of March actually saw a bit of a bump up, and that's because they tracked that there were a lot of investors. Uh, investors, especially for some reason, millennial investors in the U.S. who are buying the stock as they were bottoming out in certain dips. So mm-hmm. they were tracking this through an app called Robinhood Investor, which is what a lot of um, which is uh, which is used by a number of millennial investors in U.S. markets, actually. And they noticed a lot of the buying that went into Boeing whenever the share price would dip was coming from investors of Robinhood. So they were they were they're extrapolating that, you know, I think millennials are a bit more savvy about picking up these bargains at the moment. So it's been keeping Boeing afloat. But again, until until things are resolved with regards to the 737 MAX and the various security and some of the safety issues there, I think we're going to see that stock wobbly and perhaps just bouncing up and down in a very rather volatile manner. It'll be very interesting. It, it is really a question for me. To, when is it the time to buy? 
Yeah, that is a, that is because it's Boeing. They're not going away. They're not going. They're just gonna. <laughs> the stock is just gonna Boeing. You know. <laughs> All right. Some bad news. Ezion's uh, lifeline uh, you know, might pull out. It's, here's the thing. It's another white knight. It seems that Singaporean companies who are in need of a rescue, they seem to. They can't seem to hold on to their white knights. They seem to uh, 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 maybe commitment issues on their part. We talked about High Flux and yeah, their yeah. Right, white and knight their SM white knight, yeah. pulling out uh, over the last couple of weeks, and now Ezion, which rejoiced when they announced that they could see a possible rescue deal from Malaysia's Yinsen Holdings. Um, That's not, that doesn't seem to be uh, set in stone yet. It seems that that Yinsen still has the right to terminate the conditional debt conversion agreement. And they could pull the plug on this because apparently Yinsen has not yet entered into the debt assignment agreements, which which, uh, had a deadline of April 14. That was yesterday. So they haven't really entered into that. So it seems that ASEAN's designated lenders, which they were seeing to be be behind a rescue package that could wipe out over 900 million US dollars of ASEAN's debt. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. That's a lot more money in Exactly. And when you look at that, and, and of course, it also calls the question, you know, how was Yinsen, uh, how was Yinsen supposed to pump in this money? Where yep. were they going to get the funds to help them pump it out? And maybe Yinsen shareholders were also asking, well, where are we going to get the money? What to are rescue? you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> and how are you going to take, uh, take, take this out? So again, this again calls the question, all of the things uh, and whether or not ASEAN can actually pull itself out of the muck. ASEAN, of course, still stuck at the moment. There, there's no trades around. It's still, it's still, it's still on a halt. Stuck at about four Singapore cents a share. But again, you know, it might be cheaper though. But there are a lot of questions as to whether or not this stock can still be a going concern moving forward, especially if they can't restructure their debt l- later on. And it seems that they're just running into a little bit of problem trying to find someone to throw them a li- uh, a lifesaver at the moment. Okay, so. Crystal ball time. What do you think the rest of the day is going to look like? I think this week is probably going to be quite flat, actually. Yeah. I think it's going to be, and it, it's just a continuation of the last couple of weeks. We we started off the second quarter with a bang. Last week was a bit wobbly. You saw it go on four days straight days of gains. But keep in mind, the last two days, the Straits Times Index was in the red for most of it until they picked themselves up in the last two hours. Mm-hmm. I think at the moment it's run out of a little bit of juice, but I don't think it's going to be. I don't see markets, especially the local benchmark, really falling falling too much. You're going to see just a bit of tight trading perhaps, just uh, trading sideways. And I don't see it uh, falling below 3,300. So that's the good news. That's good news. If it if, if the prognosis holds. But I don't think there's going to be a ton of gains at the moment. A lot of this is going to be just a, just a bit of a, a tight uh Tight trading. If you, if uh, you as an investor think that three thousand three hundred thirty is still a good level to get into, uh, to get into the local benchmark, then this might actually be an opportunity to just come in because it's probably not going to move too much, give or take, unless something big breaks. Like uh, I don't know the. Uh, U.S.-China trade talks, for instance, break down. Mm-hmm. If we see China's first quarter GDP on Wednesday show signs of plummeting, these could be all catalysts that could send markets down. But at the moment, uh, it. It, it looks like it's going to be stable and probably smooth at around 3,330. But again, we don't... We shall see on Thursday just we shall how see. good your predictions are. Yeah, this is why I, I'm very cagey <laughs> and, very, and, and very reticent to give predictions. Which is why I always make you. Ah. <laughs> All right. Well, you can check back in with JP Ong this evening on Primetime. He'll have more information about how markets did move for the rest of the day. This has been Market View on Workday Afternoon with J.P. Young and Clarissa Montero. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.